The following podcast contains spoilers and language that our mothers would prefer we did not use. Like, mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hey, nice to have you still with us. We're still here, Billy. We sure are. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. Okay. And the pizza feels so long ago now. I need some wings. Yeah. We should feed you. Yeah. I need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. Not 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 yet. Because we're going to watch Prometheus. Well, I'll get some I'll get some popcorn or something for this. Okay. All right. Shall we shall we continue along with with watching all of the Alien and Predator films? Let's do that. Let's continue the journey. In right. fact, let's go into the past. Oh. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Okay, we're back. Prometheus has been watched. I touched on this in... Well, I touched on it not that long ago in real life, but in last week's episode, as it will happen in podcast land. <laughs> well, yes. Um, I don't mind this movie. Yeah, I, I like this. I am a Damon Lindelof apologist. A lot of people out there don't like Lindelof at all, don't like anything he does. You know how I feel about Lost. You're Lindelon. <laughs> Mate. You know how I feel about Lost. You know that I think Lost is one of the greatest things ever to have been on television. And I quite like Prometheus. I, I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's getting ahead of ourselves. I don't think it's great. But I'm fine with it. Yeah. I think a lot of the... No, I don't want to speak for other people. But but I will. Um, <laughs> Classic Tove. I think some of the problem with this film was... Their, the job they did before it came out in communicating what this was. This was the I, problem. I've got to say that I, I put some of that on people, not them, because I went into this film. My understanding was that I was watching a film that was in the alien universe. Yes. But wasn't going to be a direct alien type film. Now, I think that's what I got. But clearly there was a disconnect between audiences' experience of this film and what they thought they were going to get. Now, we all know that my memory is terrible. <laughs> so I'm trying to think back to, to 2012. My recollection is that most of the marketing was not even geared toward this being an alien film at all. Like I feel like early on the talk was that maybe it was like a spiritual successor, but not even actually related. Like, I feel like early on when it was announced Ridley Scott was doing this sci-fi movie, the talk was more about it, yeah, being like loosely linked, like really loosely. And then I felt like it was people who got in this like, oh, it's a it's a prequel. It's a pre And I don't know. People are normally the problem. Yeah. Look yeah. at democracy. <laughs> All right. So Prometheus is a 2012 science fiction film directed by Ridley Scott, written by John Spates and Damon Lindelof, and it stars Numi Rapace, Michael Fassbender, Guy Pearce, Idris Elba, Logan Marshall Green, and Charlize Theron. Who was originally going to be the lead. Charlize Theron. Yeah. Until so she was going to be the Numi role. She was going to be Numi. And then her schedule wasn't going to line up, but then all of a sudden- she was free, but by that point, Numi Rapace was on board. So she was like, oh, well, I'm happy to do that role. And that's why it's like, it's a reasonably small role it's for Charlize Theron to be doing. Yeah, yeah. But she was keen to be involved, and that's why she's doing that reasonably well, small role. I mean, who wouldn't be keen to be involved in a Guy Pearce-fronted picture? Like, yep. he's got his he's Hollywood royalty. <laughs> he's, 
he is, we all know and love him from Dating the Enemy, of course, but he is Hollywood royalty. We love Guy Pearce. Here in the Guy Pearce hive that is, <laughs> we watched a thing. That, that is my home theatre. We, we love Guy Pearce. Yes. <laughs> if you don't like Guy Pearce, get out. <laughs> Did you see, before this film came out, one of the bits of marketing for it, which I thought was great, was that they released a- effectively, it was a TED Talk that Wayland was giving. Oh, no. And so, Guy Pearce did that. um, And, like, it wasn't super long. It was, like, five minutes or something, as as I recall, that they just put out there. It was was really cool. It kind of got me- I I was in from before I even saw this film. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, well, because Guy Pearce is- Well- and I think it was funny reading the Wikipedia thing just then that it. Di- I think this is the first one that has just said science fiction film and not science fiction action film. And I think that makes sense because this is a very slow moving, slow paced film that is much, much more heavily into the science than any of the previous films. This really has very little to do with the alien and is more about the science fictionness of it, the, the, the ship and the android and, and all that kind of stuff. Sticking with Guy Pearce. <laughs> as we always do. <laughs> when we do see him in this film as a, a, like a hologram addressing the crew as they head off on their mission, is he meant to look like Dr. Evil? <laughs> I thought the same thing as the outfit, yeah. right? He's in the same outfit. He actually has the Dr. Evil yeah. futuristic <laughs> silver outfit. I thought the same thing. And I wonder if part of that is that now people- ha- Well, it's, I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. You look at Alien where they're just wearing like 70s and 80s clothes and smoking all the time. People make a real effort now to go futuristic. Uh, it doesn't always work well. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely one thing we've kind of lost here. Alien was still with that sort of Blade Runner, Star Wars, dirty future. This is not. Yes. And in some ways that's okay because this is this is a prequel. So maybe this is the new future. Like like maybe all this technology is rather new at this point. And then, it, yeah, it has actually decayed a bit by yeah. the time of Alien. That's so cool. I actually don't mind that so much. There we go. We've explained that one away. I really like the look of this film, actually. I, I love the earthy terrains. I like the look of the tech. Um, yeah, I think this is a really nice looking film. You've brought it up before in this series that it needs people to make bad choices for anything to happen. Um I have so little sympathy for the guy that cops the phallic alien in the throat. (laughs) Like, that thing, the guy's on an unknown world. He comes across a creature which rears up like a cobra and he's like, I'll pat it. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) He's patting it. (laughs) Absolutely no sympathy when this thing breaks his arm and then deep throats him. No sympathy. I like the design of that thing, too. Yeah, that's cool. It's pretty cool. One thing that seems pretty laughable to me, and yes, there's a reason they do it, but I don't think it's a good enough reason, um, the idea that they have a med lab surgery bed that's gender specific. Yeah. I beg your pardon? (laughs) I get that. We can fly across the galaxy, <laughs> but but this little surgery thing here? No, nah, it's just for dudes. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, really? Yeah. A vagina's going to trick this thing? 
Yeah, you would think that by that point we w- we would we would be past that. Yeah, this thing's like a it's like a fourteen year old boy. It looks all confident, <laughs> and then it's it sees genitalia and freaks out, <laughs> locks up. Ah! <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm a, Absolutely I'm a, laughable. I must say though. The surgery scene in this film. Great scene. Easily the best scene in the film. Yes. Like, uh, that scene is incredible. And Numi Rapace is so great. It's quite. It reminded me of the birth scene in A Quiet Place, where you feel so tense and you genuinely don't know how this is going to work out. I thought that was really, really great. I do think it's a pretty fantastic scene. Yeah. Actually, I'm really into that one. The whole alien in the belly thing, it's, it's its not new, is it? No, we've seen that one before. We've seen it before. Like, one th- if, you, if you're in a sci-fi movie and your partner has been to space or you're in space, you probably just shouldn't have sex, I feel like. It's like having sex while camping in a horror movie. It's just one of those things that you feel like people should know not to do now. <laughs> like, you knew where this was yeah, going. You knew what to do. <laughs> have you seen The Astronaut's Wife with Johnny Depp? Uh, I have not. Ah. Oh. Uh, Charlize. Charlize, Charlize, yes. Most other people disagree with me. I don't know why. I like that movie. I'm probably not going to say it. That's another alien in the belly type thing. Okay. Yeah. Mate, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like you get that. For an movie. old film that no one is ever going to watch again. You you should watch it, people. You should watch it. Don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> um, Here's one thing that I, I struggle with a bit in this film. The, with the engineers- who are, they're not necessarily visible for that much of the film, but they are a big part of this story. When they actually, we first come face to face with an engineer, which is a fair way into the film. It's a pretty advanced species. Does it mesh with you that it would see people, that it would see us, and its reaction is just to wail on us? Uh, Why does it hate us? Well, but you could say that about most creatures in films. like. I just feel that this thing should be a bit beyond that. Because it's so advanced. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the alien is a perfect organism. We, I mean, we, we, we kind of are it in terms of the... Yeah. I, I don't get that guy waking up and just ripping on people. Yeah. I don't get it. That's, that's fair enough. Um, I, what I do like is, at the end, the scene between that engineer and the epic facehugger. Yes. I think that's a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Anything with a face hugger is always going to be good for me. But for the most part, with that engineer, I'm just like, I mean, I know some people are grumpy when they wake up <laughs> and you've been asleep for a long time, but chill out, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's had a long nap. I'd, I'd kill to sleep for, fuck, more than five hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't want to scare you because I know that your kid is on the way, but, mate, you can say goodbye to sleep. <laughs> I was like, did you just see the chaos of my life and decide that? That's what I want. Because <laughs> you're not going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I would not be so grumpy if, if I had more than five hours sleep. Uh, can I just say that if I was one of Idris Elba or Charlize Theron and there lay the opportunity to have sex with the other one, that is absolutely the choice I would make. Mate, then you'd just get more aliens in the belly. Yeah, that's You're tr- not learning the lessons. I don't care. If I'm one of those two, that's the choice I make. Because <laughs> Idris rocks and is, and, and is a very handsome dude. Oh, yeah. And Charlize is- I mean, quite possibly 
not even human. She- Can I ask you something about Idris's accent in this film? Okay, fans of things like The Wire know that Idris can do not even not just do an American accent. Yeah, he can do a specific American accent. That's right. So um, what the fuck happened here? I guess that accents change over time, <laughs> and in this universe, um, where the southern states of the US have extended down to say Bolivia. Yeah. He's actually I'm saying he's from Bolivia. Okay. <laughs> but in this time, that's what an American Bolivianese accent sounds like. Because it's really bad. And I don't understand where it's coming from because it's not it's not his normal voice. He is doing an accent. Yep. I just don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah, it's strange. I don't care though. I love Idris. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that while I am a, a bit of um, an apologist for this film, I didn't enjoy it as much this time as I did when I first saw it. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. I think there are structural problems with this film. It doesn't the the scenes don't necessarily string together particularly well. Since seeing it again, I have dropped it a full point. I still think that there are some really great things about it. Like I, the like I said, the surgery scene is incredible. But I do agree with you, it felt long this time. It felt a lot longer than yeah. I remembered it feeling. It's not a particularly long film. It's it's a two-hour film that at times chugs along, even though some of the scenes I really, really dig. It's a funny one. It's just, it's not just a straight, the, the level that I wind up landing on with this film is by no means the level of every scene or every for argument's sake, 20-minute chunk of the film. It's a bit of a- In terms of its quality for me, I find it a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. And there's parts of it that really work for me and parts that really don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I don't care for the two bumbling, you know, who you mentioned before with with the Cobra thing. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of them kind of just wandering in there and like, yeah, I don't care for that. I, and as I said, I think to me the strongest parts of this film are the more science fiction type parts. Anything on the ship and stuff, I like more than them poking around in the environment looking for aliens. It's almost like it it just didn't quite have the moxie to follow through with being with really being not an alien film. Yeah. That's right. I agree. I, I think that they got scared and decided, no, we need we, we gotta have some aliens. And they, the alien parts, actually feel very unrelated to me to the rest of the film. Uh, but you know, whatever. Guy Pierce is in it. <laughs> I mean, ten, ten out of ten. Um, <laughs> haven't spoken about Fastbender. Oh shit, yeah. At all. You love some Fastbender. Big part of the film. Fastbender. Big part of the film. And in fact, he's what carries across to Prometheus. Then no, <laughs> this is Prometheus Covenant. <laughs> he, I mean, he's he's great as always. I feel like there's not a lot to say about him, though, because even though he's a big part of the film, at the same time, I feel like he's not. He doesn't carry any of the emotion or story of the film, really. Because he's he's, a robot. Exactly. So, I don't really know what to say about him. He's there. He's fine. Yeah. He doesn't crack out his flute as much as he should. I remember in Covenant, he plays a lot of flute, and I'm like, yeah. Thank God there's some flute to come. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So, where, where do you sit with Prometheus? 
Uh, yeah, look, not as high as I remember being. Uh, I'm a six. I still think it's a better than average film, and there are some parts of it that I think are exceptional. Like, I still think the birth scene, the surgery scene is amazing. All in all, though, when I take everything into consideration, I'm a six. Yeah, I'm a five out of ten. I think it's fine. Um, I'm I'm happy to watch it, but there's yeah, there's there's a there is a bunch that doesn't work for me. But certainly, I'm not at the level of hysteria. No, that a lot of people are with this film. No, no, there are people who genuinely say that this film is the worst in the franchise, and that's just ridiculous. We're like, we just watched Resurrection, people. This is in no way the worst film in the franchise. It's definitely better than Resurrection. Like, all right, shall we crack on and check out Covenant? Yes, should we check out another drinking rule while we're at it? Well, yeah, we should because Covenant is this is the last one, buddy. Before we get into that, yeah. So I think this is our last rule. Uh, let's let's hear what our great mate Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast has for us. Hello, Billy. Hello, Topher. This is Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews coming at you today with a new rule for your newest movie marathon. And gee, I hope it's been a better one than the Fast and Furious franchise, but I'm not alone. I, of course, have my co-host here. Bitch, please. That's right. Wayne is joining me today because we both want to wish you all the very best with this venture, Alien and Predator franchise viewership and by the stage the very end of it i'm sure you are regretting many of your life choices but here's another reason to regret every time in this avp film when you think this particular thing this is the dumbest shit anyone ever said in the history of and i don't think i'm exaggerating here time you should take a drink or to make it a little bit more general every time you roll your eyes at how ridiculous this particular movie is then have a drink and think of us in that particular moment. I'm sure it <laughs> it's going to go completely and utterly pear-shaped if it hasn't already by the time your listeners are hearing this. So, all the very best for this one. You're going to need all the luck in the world, but we can't wait to listen. So, from me, Paul, and Wayne... I stand resolute, motherfucker! Enjoy this, and we will catch you very soon. Cheers. Owen Toph, keep hating, mate. Keep hating. Well... I'm I'm glad that this time we decided to only get five rules because from memory the last two marathons we did we got in the vicinity it was of too eight many. and it was too many it was too many these rules I feel like each of them on their own could comatose us so uh, th- thanks Paul thank you we appreciate um, the murder <laughs> wow. Strong language from Billy. <laughs> well, I mean, that happens a lot in AVP, right? Oh, yeah, I, I guess. I'd, again, the amount that I remember about the AVP films. <laughs> All right, shall we crack into Covenant? Let's do Covenant. Let's do it. We made it. We watched it. We watched Covenant. We watched Alien Covenant. A 2017 science fiction horror film directed and produced by Ridley Scott and written by John Logan and Dante Harper. It stars Michael Fassbender, Catherine Waterson and Billy Crudup, Danny McBride and Damien Bashir. You know one thing, before, before Prometheus came out, there was a lot of, is this an alien film, yada, yada, yada. I remember before this film came out, there was a lot of, is Waterson... Ripley's mum, oh. <laughs> which I I love your reaction to that. <laughs> it's just daft, and I blame Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I blame Star Wars for that because it's like really <laughs> because 
she's a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listeners both know how we feel about Ray in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Waterson, not Ripley's mum. No. no. <laughs> and thank God. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to come out there and say it. I still really like this film. I remain okay with this film. I like this film. I like this. This um, is good. I tell you one thing I like about the, right from the beginning of this film. Fastbender playing his flute. Fastbender <laughs> on a flute. <laughs> flute bender. Um, but right from the off, there's a feeling in that flashback scene between David and Wayland. Yeah. Fastbender and Guy Pierce. There's a feeling that David has a screw loose. Yeah. And of course, at this point, yes, we already know that. But I, I just like the fact that from this, from the off, like the first, David's just been created, quote, quote unquote, born. Yeah. Whatever. And in the first minutes that he's alive, he brings up his father's death. Yeah. And you're like, look out. I mean, part of me's like, well, how dumb are you, Wayland? Yeah. Because. <laughs> This thing's clearly going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where I really like that these later films are getting more into the science fictionness of it. As I said, when we watched Alien, the what what are we calling them? Synthetics, androids, whatever. skin jobs, robots. <laughs> they are like as much of is not more of a mainstay than the actual xenomorph is in this franchise. And finally, we're starting to get into these a bit more. And you know, there's a line. In Aliens, when, you know, Sigourney is really like- Oh, with, with Bishop. Yeah, yeah, she's weary of Bishop, and, and Bishop is talking about Ash, and he says, oh, that, that you know, that's-, that's They were always that, a bit dodgy. Yeah, yeah. And I like that we're finally getting into that aspect of it a little bit more, because these are androids. They're programmed. Like, they're supposed to just do what you tell them to do. And I heard someone, I can't remember who it was, talking about that line and being like, well, the funny thing is that he he wasn't- dodgy he was following his orders he was supposed to protect the xenomorph above all other life forms there was actually nothing wrong there and i like that finally we're getting into that kind of that arc of it with the androids i like that this film is in no way hiding its alienness yes. which yeah. i i don't know if that's a creative choice i suspect it's actually got it's more to do with bowing to disgruntled people typing in all caps because even yeah. like i mean just the title sequence for this film is yes they bring back the alien text but it doesn't work as well no it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't give you that same feeling yeah another thing that happens early on in this very early on in this film um right as the crew are waking up on the ship is that Catherine waterson's character her husband dies in his in his pod which I gotta say, I find an odd choice because we've just met her, so we don't yet things happening that she cares about don't yet greatly affect us, and we don't know this character, the guy who's dying. We don't know him from a bar of soap. So, not only do I not care that he's dying, I don't care that she's losing her husband because I also don't know who she is. I'm just so I'm just like, why did we even have this guy? Yeah, that's- I, I don't get it. <laughs> That's fair. I'd, I'd have saved 45 seconds of the movie, personally, and just been like, yep, woke up. Yeah, that's 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 fair. We've touched on the fact that this film, in some ways, it's uh, appeasing fans rather than striking out on its own, I, I would say. Um, but one thing it does that is truly bold and not bowing down to convention 
is deploying the Legionnaire flap cap. Yes. That is a bold move. Yes. We love we love a Legionnaire cat. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yeah. Do you think you could pull it off? I know full well that I couldn't. I mean, I'm I'm wearing a flat cap myself right now and I'm I'm pulling it off. Yeah, pretty darn well. There's a big leap from the flat cap to the flap cap. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the mullet of hats. It is the mullet of <laughs> it's hats. Like business in the front. <laughs> Very strange party up the back. <laughs> um Yeah. What a what a what a move by the costuming department. I mean What a flex. Okay, there's a couple of weird costuming choices. Like those all white suits. <laughs> They're dressed like the sperm in a Woody Allen movie. Um I know that you're a fan of of Fastbender. And his, uh, let's just say his legendary manhood. Do you think they had to CGI that out of this suit? (laughs) (laughs) I actually, it's a period in this film that I, (laughs) this might sound weird to some people. I could go for more of of, of robot Fassbender just cruising around the ship while everyone's asleep. I think it's good stuff. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) You know, a good little, um, uh, a nod back to... Alien Resurrection with the the basketball where Ripley. Yeah. Well, we didn't talk about that in no, Alien Resurrection. No, that that, yeah. that 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 scene where she throws the basketball over her shoulder, and if, you assume it's it's a bit of movie magic because the ball actually goes out of shot before going in. But she actually did do it. It took it took an awful lot of takes. Yeah. But Sigourney did actually eventually nail that shot. And here you've got Fassbender on a bike just sinking <laughs> baskets, and I'm into it. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> I personally like the look of this. I think that the the color palette in particular, like this is a lot grimmer and darker. Prometheus is quite a bright film really for its subject matter. This is this really leans into the blues and stuff. I, I was a fan of this. It, this reminded me more of the first two alien films look-wise than any of the others in the franchise have. Yeah. I mean, I really like the exteriors once they do land that the whole look of that low cloud over the landscape is is quite striking. I'm kind of into that section of the film where the, where, the, where they strike out on foot. Once yeah. they've landed and going for it. I'm just like, "Oh my god, yeah." Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board with this ride. Yep. So far and then I I actually think it's a pretty strong section of the film between like from there to to hurrying back when after the first it's not a chest burster in this film. It's a spine burster. Yeah. Um, where, again, people making bad choices that really should be containable. Where she, where one character's like, um, let me out. There's clearly time. <laughs> let me out. <laughs> and and another character doesn't. And you're like, fucking come on. <laughs> um, and then eventually that ship blows up. <laughs> Which is, I like that whole stretch of the film. I'm into it. Yeah. Where the film falls down for me, particularly look-wise, I had forgotten just how weak I think the CGI in this film is. This is only a two-year-old film, and I don't think it looks as good as it should. I feel like particularly, and I spoke about this earlier, I think, you know, the animation of the creatures is fine. I think the rendering and the compositing isn't great. I don't think any of the creatures look like they really blend in with the space that they're supposed to. I think it's a fairly major flaw in this film is that it shows a xenomorph. And this is the first, like, timeline-wise, this is the first xenomorph we see. Um, 
seeing it in full light. I, I don't think it's a great call. Yeah, that's yeah. When it, you know it jumps on it jumps on the ship as they're trying to escape and everything, and I'm just like, eh, just a bit eh about it. Yep. Um, what I one thing I do like kind of that, that this film does with with the xenomorph and with the use of David Fassbender's character in the film is that what this film does is spells out this. Well, it it brings to light this idea that. The xenomorph ultimately is the culmination or or the price that humans pay for their own advancements. Yeah. And if it was if Wayland doesn't make David, we don't get the xenomorph. That I think is pretty cool. Yeah. I think and that's again that's where I go back to that kind of more sci-fi elements of the story where because that's where sci-fi is rooted. Sci-fi really is about humanity more than technology. Sci-fi is about what we as as a species do to get ahead and yeah. the, you know and that cause and effect and yeah yep so to me that's where this really really takes its stride these last two films is picking up more on those elements and less on the action horror elements because i think that when it does get into the action or horror these two films do not do it as well as the originals. Agree, and so the science fiction is really where it where it picks up. Yeah, because by the time we've moved to an actual xenomorph doing the killing in this film, I, I don't think it's very strong. No. Um, I think, like I said, I, th- I think I think seeing the xenomorph in in full light is just an error uh, for me. Um, I think the the shower scene where a xenomorph kills those people and she just feels very unalien to me. Yeah. It's like, what? This is something out of a Jason film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, all right, okay, well, not really there for that. And then once it's on the ship and they're, I mean, it's kind of almost a bit alien three like in the way that they're trying to direct this thing to where they want it to go. And we cut to xenomorph vision and it's, yeah. it's, I, I find yeah. it just a bit dumb. Yeah, it, particularly when this is the sixth film in a franchise, and you're introducing these new things now again. It I mean, there was a bit of it in Alien Center. Three, that kind of weird, distorted running up the walls. You did see it a bit there, and now quite, and it wasn't. I didn't think it was good in Alien Three, so now we've brought it back, but we've also changed it. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just not here for a Xenomorph Vision at all. That's yeah. one thing where. Like, that's Predator's thing. Yeah, yes. Let yes. Predator have Predator vision. I think, for me, watching this film, there's there's a thing that kind of hangs over it for me, where it feels like it wants to be a correction for Prometheus, for what people thought they wanted from Prometheus, but also, because it's the direct sequel to it, it also can't abandon it entirely. And and I think Prometheus is guilty of this as well to an extent that this one and Prometheus are stuck in this kind of no man's land of it's not quite a full-blown thoughtful science fiction film, but it also doesn't succeed yeah. completely as an alien-style horror film. I don't think this one or Prometheus nail the balance of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Because like I said before, I think the action horror sequences really do fall flat. Like really flat, but I agree it's it's not it's not really really high level sci fi either. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's got one foot in one pool and the other foot yeah. is in another pool, and it, it's like, well, you know what? I know you're trying to I know you're trying to please a lot of people, but 
ultimately, I think you'd be better off pleasing one camp. Yeah. So, do you think this is the last we've seen of the Alien franchise? Do you think this is the last of the prequels we've seen? It might be the last of the prequels um, in a world where Terminator Dark Fate can get made. Yeah. <laughs> I'm- I would be loath to say this is the end of Alien films because I think that both Prometheus and Covenant, despite their flaws, are still significantly better than most post-T2 Terminated films. Yeah. Um, I, I think the franchise probably does still have legs, but probably taking a breath would be a great thing for the franchise. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we had like a- 10, 15 year gap even. But I agree. I think this is probably the last of the prequels. I think that, like you say, this already tried to correct for issues that the fan base had with Prometheus. The fans still weren't happy with this yeah. on the whole. So I can't see them continuing down this stream. And I like ultimately, ultimately, that's just going to be a financial decision. Well, and yeah, this, yeah. This film did not have the returns they wanted. Yeah. So. Yeah, ultimately, it'll have nothing to do with whether there should be another one of these. They just won't because they don't think there's money in it. Yeah. But ultimately, someone will be like, there's still money to be made out of a xenomorph. (laughs) And that will dictate that at some point, yes, I do think there will be another Alien film. Alien, well, Alien is technically now a Disney property, isn't it? Is it? Well, aren't they Fox? I'm pretty sure that Fox still own Alien. Okay. Bring xenomorphs into the MCU. 20th century, yeah. So, right. So, yeah. So, technically, it's a Disney property, and we know how much Disney love rebooting things and, and love making money. They love making money. So, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and Disney have finally started branching out into more adult audiences. Even the MCU is getting some R rated additions. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see a more gruesome, grittier alien coming out sometime. All right. So, what, what are you giving Covenant? Um, like Prometheus, I'm a five out of 10. Yep, I'm sitting exactly where I have almost every film today. I'm a six. Six. I'm a six. You just like flatlined, basically. Like, I just feel like this. I I thought that this franchise would have more ups and downs. It's really very middling over a whole. Like you've got a couple of really high peaks. You got a couple of very low lows. But most of these films for me are really just hitting around the middle. More fast bender. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, is it is it finally time? Okay, are we, are we gonna is, do this? You know, you just said that there weren't enough troughs <laughs> in this franchise. Well, hold on to your butts. I know we 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 spoke about like how we were going to structure the day. Are we are we gonna do like what are we gonna do last? What order are we going with? And we know that these two aren't the last chronologically or release date. But we're like, well, if it's going to be a drinking game, it's got to be these two. That was really the deciding factor. It was because whenever we do these, it's the last two that are the drinking game. And I was like, I'm not watching them sober. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's here. I guess it's time. Let's get let's, let's get into it. Let's watch these for a All second right. time. Uh, well, we're going to hit play on AVP, Alien versus Predator. Which, I mean, <laughs> that's that's got to be a kick-ass film, right? I mean, just listen to that title. Fuck. <laughs> You and I both love Freddy vs. Jason, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that film rips. I'll tell you what, that's the next marathon we should do. 
In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we will see you on the other side of AVP. (laughs) 